The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Today, we are in part three of our series, Step Up. In part one, we laid the foundation. Last week, in part two, we zeroed in and we looked at step up spirit, uh, spiritually. Yeah. And today, by the grace of God, we'll be looking at, and this weekend, by the grace of God, we'll be looking at step up financially. Step up financially. Um, so please say to your neighbor, step up financially. It's crowded at the bottom, even financially. And God is saying to us, to you, step up. There's a lot of confusion, limitation of vis- visibility at, at the bottom, contention at the bottom. And there are certain things you cannot see. There are certain advantages you cannot take at the bottom. So God wants us to step up in our thinking. He wants us to step up in our speech, in our actions, in our reactions. He wants us to step up in our witness, in reaching people for him. And today, he wants us to step up financially. He wants us to step up financially. Now, that is a challenge for some people, you know, because some people think, I've heard people say that Christians should be poor, that you know, that you cannot be a Christian and be wealthy. I've heard that, I've heard that a couple of times. I've heard people say, oh, the, the, to, 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 the call to follow God is the call to poverty. You know? <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the reason, you know, is that money is the root of all evil. That's their reason. You know, but you and I know that if you read the scriptures for yourself, you will see that money is not the root of all evil. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. And those are two major things, different, two different things. Money is neutral. Money is neutral. Money takes the shape and the character of the person that is in possession of it. Money is neutral. Money is an amplifier of character. Money just shows us who you are. Money really doesn't change people. I've heard people say money change. Money doesn't change people. Money just shows you who they really were. You know, it's just like saying people have said, I mean, and it's wrong that people say that women are the problem of this world. You know, that the problem of this world is women. You know, that. Is that true? (laughs) You are not sure? Obviously, that is not true. You know? Obviously. I mean, because if you look at God's intention for creating women, God says, I will make him a help, suitable, somebody that will help him, somebody that will add value to his life, not somebody that will give him problems. You know? So, when you have abuse of stuff, then we have a major problem with, with it. Today we're going to be looking at seven areas 
financially when we need to step up. Now, the, the interesting thing about these seven areas is that not stepping up in one area has a negating effect, a preventing effect on you stepping up financially altogether. So in other words, if you step up in three and you don't step up in four, you struggle financially. If you step up in five, if you don't step up in two of these areas, you struggle financially. But if you step up in the seven, you will step up financially. Praise the name of the Lord. So we're just going to shoot straight without much ado. What are the three things? Sorry, seven things, you know, when it comes to finances. The other ones were three things, four things. Finances, that's of the seven. Seven things, seven areas. You have to step up. If you don't step up in these seven areas, concurrently, you have a challenge stepping up financially. But as you step up in these seven areas, you will inevitably step up financially in the mighty name of Jesus. So to step up financially, stepping up financially, number one, stepping up financially, you need to earn some. You need to earn some. You need to earn money. I mean, that's like a no-brainer, isn't it? You need to earn money. But before we even, I mean, begin to think it's all about earning money, I need to say this without any fear of contradiction, that for you to step up financially, you have to be grateful for what you already have. You have to be grateful for what you already have. You step up financially when you are grateful for what you already earn. So we have people that God has actually blessed, but they are not grateful. If you are not grateful, no matter how much you earn, you will not have financial freedom you will feel you still need more and you will not be able to step up financially regardless of how much you earn. There are people in this place that perhaps will say, if only I can earn 200,000 naira a month, I, I mean, things will, I won't, I won't say show your hands, but you know what I'm saying. You are saying things will be good. And some of you are saying, Pastor 200,000 naira, no. If I can earn 20 million naira a month, things will be good. I thought we say, Pastor, you can tell us to show our hands. We will show it. <laughs> you know, you, we think that things will be good with more money. But the truth is that what you earn is more when you are content and grateful. You need to get that into your system. And today, this weekend is Thanksgiving weekend. What you earn is more when you are content and grateful. What you earn, if you do a map, I mean, we've done the research here before. Many of us, we are living above billions of people on earth. Billions. I'm not about millions. Billions of people. 
What you earn is more when you are content and grateful. So no matter how much you earn, it will be less than enough without contentment and gratitude. No matter how much you earn. No matter how much you earn. No matter how much you earn. I was listening to some um, billionaires and the guy was saying that, oh, he needs to earn more money. That What's his problem? His problem is that there's this um, Elon Musk, you know Elon Musk, the guy that does the X um, thing. He said that, that he's, he's taking people to, to space. So his challenge is that, oh, he needs to go with his, with his children to, to space. But right now, you know, he needs to put down how many, I think, $10 million or something, you know. So it's like, you know, doesn't does he have that, that. So he needs to work hard so that he can get $10 million so that he can just go to space and come back. That is his problem. That's his problem. Now, I know you are seeing, I mean, if, I mean if, when I heard that, in my mind, I was like, what's wrong with this guy? There are people that have not eaten, you know? And your problem is you, you can't go to space. And you're ungrateful. It was sounding very funny. So the truth is, no matter how much you earn, it will be less than enough without contentment and gratitude. You need to settle that. You need to settle it. But I haven't said that. I haven't said that. Nothing happens until you earn an income. Nothing happens until you earn an income. Nothing happens until you earn an income. You cannot have a house. You cannot eat a meal. You cannot take transportation, any form of transportation. You cannot even get married. Well, you should not get married. If you don't have an income. I mean, people are getting married without an income these days. I don't know what's going on. But nothing happens if you don't have an income. Second Thessalonians 3.12 says to us, 2 Thessalonians 3.12, it says, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we appeal to people, no, we command them, settle down and get to work. Earn your own living. God is saying, we appeal to you. The one of God is saying, we appeal to you. The one of God is saying, no, 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 we are not appealing to you. We are commanding you. Get to work and earn some. And, and three things we, we have to know. I mean, again, I'm, 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 I'm speaking in this direction and I'm speaking in that direction because of how tricky this thing can be. That means what we need to know, we need to watch out for greed. You know, in the, in the process of, okay, pastor, we, are, we want to earn more. We are fired up. Now I'm going to hit the street. We want to earn more. You need to watch out for, for what? For greed. Watch out for greed. Luke 12, 15, it says, then he said, this is Jesus speaking, beware and guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Yes, you need to earn. Yes, you need to earn some. 
but the life of a man is not measured by the abundance of the things that they possess. The quality of your life is not determined by the how much toys you have. The quality of your life is determined by how contented and how grateful you are. Second thing you need to get is God is your source. God is your source. You may be working at a job, but God is your source. You may have a business, but who is your source? God is your source. If you don't understand this, when, let's say you, you have to change jobs, you'll be scared. Or let's say your business takes a, a wrong turn. You'll be jittery. Why? Because many people think that their business is their source. I was counseling with um, some pastor some, some time ago, and he, and he was telling me, and I was listening to what he was saying, talking, and the way he was talking, I could understand that he actually, even though he wouldn't accept it initially, he actually thought that the people, there are certain people in this congregation that they, they are the fact-checked people. He actually thought that the people are his source. I had to say to him, Pastor, those people are not your source. And his wife was like, thank you, let me tell him. And he was like, I said, they are not your source. I said, no, they are not. He's not, he doesn't think they're their source. I said, but listen to what you are saying. Listen to how you are speaking. Listen. When you make people your source, you are setting yourself up for trouble. You see here, there, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. It says, the Lord says, cost is the man that trusts in man. Who trusts in the flesh for his strength. He says, whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when good comes. He will live in dry waste. In the desert, in the land of salt, where no people, not people will live. That will not be your case in Jesus' name. The, the issue, the cost there is, if you read the scripture, you would think that, oh, God is so harsh. Why is God cursing these people? It's hard enough for them that they're not even looking up to God and they're having a hard time. Why is God cursing? God is not cursing them. God is saying they are cursed. And what is, how are they cursed? God is saying they are cursed because they, they, are, they are not looking in the right direction. They are caused because they will not see good when good is coming. God, now, listen, you must see the goodness of God in this scripture. Pastor, where is the goodness of God? God is saying, even though they, assuming um, God is here, God, this is God's direction, right? And these people are looking here. God is saying, looking here, they are cursed for looking here. Why? Even though I know that they are looking here, I am still sending good their, their, their way. But they will not see it because they've made man their trust. So what does that tell you? It tells you that God is still good even when people don't trust him. It, it tells you that God still sent things our way. It's now our responsibility to refocus. Praise the name of the Lord. Number three, you need to know. 
is don't be passive. 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 You know, people say, I mean, I mean I've heard folks say, so, oh, I'm waiting for this big, big deal. I'm waiting for this break. I'm waiting for this. Meanwhile, your wife has not eaten. Meanwhile, your children, you've not paid their school fees. Oh, Pastor, when God does this breakthrough, ah, I will say to everything. Meanwhile, the rent is due. Oh, Pastor, I have a container in the IC. Once the container clears, you know my advice to such a person? Swim and go and meet the container. Take action. Swim. Continue is there. I'm coming. God gave you a brain. He gave you hands. Walk. Also in your current em- employment, the same thing. Don't be passive in your current employment. You think, oh, you know, um, um, whether the boss sells or not, I'm getting my salary. <laughs> One day the boss will wake up. Do you, do you understand? Don't be passive. Don't be passive. He says, but, but pastor, I mean, I have, I have a master's degree in aerodynamics. But you have a family to feed. But there's, there's, no, there's no job in the aviation industry. But pastor, when I get that job, I'll sort out all this rent. But in the meantime, go do something. See, but pastor, there's, there's no job anywhere. There's always work to be done. Ah, there's no time. There's always work to be done. Go and, go and, go and carry pong pong. Ah. You hold me, master's degree holder, but your, but your children are hungry. Your children are hungry. But look, the, the, the concern of, of every responsible man is, is, is how to feed his family. Is that, is that still true to, today? I've said it before, <laughs> you know, back then, I mean, when we were really going through a, a hard time, if I had to carry pong pong to feed my family, I will do it. There is dignity in labor. Then you have people sitting down, eating free food, still complaining that the AC is not cooling. I'm telling you. Something is wrong with that. Second test, Timoth- Timothy 3.10. He says, if a man won't walk, he shouldn't eat. And that's why the church say big. Amen. Now, it didn't say if a man can't walk. Sometimes we go through challenging situations where we can't walk. 
then our wives should support us. Sometimes we go through seasons where, you know, when the planting season, then our wives should support us if we are married, our families if we are not married. However, if a man is waiting for a grand job and will not do the practical thing and you are feeding him, you are sinning. Now, I know this is not very popular, what I'm saying. But, but it's in the Bible. For you to step up financially and so. Now, let, let, me, let me just challenge you because many times it's, it's easy to think, oh, you know, pastor, this these things, you know, we have to be careful, you know, things happen. I understand. The same way, now, if you are sick in your body and you need healing, would you not take the word of God and go back to God and pray and demand for healing? Would you, wouldn't you do that? Same thing. You need to take the word of God and go to God and say, you said, I should provide for my family. Make a way for me. And he will. He will. The problem is that we have too many women that, you know, a lady said to, to me, Pastor, I don't even, any man that comes, I will marry him. I can't even feed him. If his problem is food, I'll give him food to eat. After a while, you'll be tired. Because that's not the order of things. So step up financially and some. Number two, we need to go at jet speed now. Jet speed. If you're writing, you need to write very fast. Step up financially, spend less. Spend less. Remember, you have to do the seven. Spend less. The first rule of spending it's always to spend less than you earn. Always to spend less than you earn. But you say, but Pastor, what I earn is not enough. How can I spend less? That's the problem. Who told you it's not enough? If it's not enough, God will provide more. But you see, what I'm just trying to say is that when God provides, our appetite has a way of growing. With our income. So start from where you are. Start the discipline of spending less from where you are. Create some margin in your life. Don't get into debt. Don't, listen, don't borrow. For, for what? Oh, there's a function in the office. I need to wear this brown blazer. I don't have a brown blazer. Can you book me down? I'll pay you over six months. Blazer. Debt for six months. Such a person can't step up uh, financially. I mean, it's going to be a challenge. Cut the debt. Cut the debt. The way, in fact, avoid debt. 
altogether. And the way to avoid debt and spend less together is to create a, a, a budget, create a monthly budget, create a budget. Now, every, I mean, I, I've said this time and time and time again. Some people are doing it and they are, they are having financial peace. Some people are, are still procrastinating when they're going to do their budget. They're still procrastinating and they are still struggling financially. There was a time in, in my family that, you know, it was, we were under serious financial stress. Serious financial stress. And guess what? One of the things that stresses marriage is the most, apart from communication, is, is finances. Well, serious financial it was an issue. But guess what? My income had not increased. We said, okay, you know what? Let's sit down and agree on a budget. We agreed on a budget with the same income. Since then till date, financial peace in my family. Please, there's no argument about money. I can't add me. Why? Because we have a plan. Where, there's, where, <laughs> where everybody knows where what is going what, where, what is going to. <laughs> you see, because if you just want to create a budget, you have to stick to the budget. You know, you just have to stick to it. Just stick to it. It may not make sense. You may groan. You may, you may be uncomfortable. Stick to the budget. Why? Because simply creating a budget won't solve your financial problems. You have to stick to it. Stick to it. Stick to the budget. So something comes up. Oh, I, I, need, to, I need to wear a purple shoe. But there's no purple shoe. I don't have any purple shoe. I will pay you over three months. Don't borrow. It's not in the budget. Is it, is it in the budget? Purple shoe? It's not in the budget. Is, is there margin for purple shoe? There's no margin for purple shoe. Even if there's margin, it, we, we always have a plan for what the margin is for. There's no margin for purple shoe. So, don't, don't borrow. Just don't borrow. On a personal front, I want to advise you. On a personal front, I beseech you by the word of God. Don't borrow. You know, my wife and I, we have this principle in life, which we, we, we agreed up front. And it's simple. It's based on the word of God. The word of God says, God will not withhold anything good from them that love him. Right? So we love God. If we need it, it will provide it. But there are some things we need that he hasn't provided. It is coming. It is coming. We believe it. So we will not borrow. So we refuse to borrow. If somebody says, oh, pastor borrowed money from, is a lie. Don't borrow money from anybody. Nothing. There's no human being on earth that say that I've come to borrow me money. Never. I've gone through challenging situations. I've gone through things that I, I'm not even able, I'm, I'm, my wife is asking me, how are we going to pay this rent? I don't know how. I have people in church that will be so happy to just give me one check and pay up the, the rent without even thinking. 
many people. I just come to them. Oh, I need dress. They say, borrow me. They say, no, we don't want to borrow you. Take check. I've been pastoring for 10 years. I've never asked anybody for money. Not one person. Now, listen, I'm not saying this out of arrogance. I'm telling you that everybody will go through a tight spot. But they that know their God will be strong. Do exploit. You have to, if you do these things, you'll be surprised. The things you thought you would die because you don't have. You'll be surprised that you will still be alive. And heaven will not have fallen. And you will be better off by standing your ground. Why? Proverbs 22, 7 says, Just as the rich rule over the poor, so the borrower is a servant to the lender. God doesn't want you to, serve, to be a servant of anybody. No. I know business, sometimes business you need to, to, to get some facilities and expand. I understand that. And businesses should make use of lines that are available to them. That is fine. But on, even on the business front, before you incur any debt of any size, spend time in prayer and evaluate it. Evaluate it spiritually. Evaluate the spiritual, economical, psychological, and personal ramification of the decision. The pressure is going to put on you. Spiritually, economically, psychologically. Before you even do it. So God is saying to us, step up financially. And that means earn some, spend less. Earn some, spend less. Number three, save more. Step up financially, earn some, and spend less, save more, save more. Saving, like we said, creates margin over time. You, be, you see, many times our challenge is that we, we overestimate what we can achieve on the short term. Oh, in three months savings. What does three months savings? I mean, where do you want to go with that? But we underestimate how much we can achieve on the long term. We really underestimate how much we can achieve on the long term. To step up financially, save more. God is bringing, I mean, everybody will have some income in Jesus' name. Serious Increase and multiplication in Jesus' name. Save more. Save more. Now, again, like I said, I'm, I, am, I am trying to establish a balance even as, as I do this because I know that saving can be intoxicating. It can really be intoxicating. And while saving money is wise, there's a thin line between saving and hoarding. You know? You can get to a point where all you are doing is hoarding. You are just hoarding money. And that will get you into trouble financially, spiritually, financially also, obviously. So, how do you know the difference? 
How do you know the difference between when I'm saving and when I'm hoarding? It's simple. One word, trust. Where is your trust? That's how you know the difference. How you know the difference is where is my trust? Is my trust in my bank account or accounts? Or is my trust still in God? Sometimes God will check. And you know how God checks? Because there's give. He's about to say, ah, oh, no. That's where your trust is in. You immediately. There's no amount by the grace of God that I cannot give. God says give. None. Zero. Say, okay, pastor, it's because maybe you don't have a lot of money. Well, maybe. I don't know. But my heart, trust is my heart. And your trust, when it's in money, you begin to hoard. When it's in God, you are open to God. You are open. You are open to God. So God wants you to save. God wants you to, to save. Why? Because God wants you to be financially free. And making a lot of money is no guarantee that you will have financial freedom. You can, you can make a lot of money and spend more. You can, you can make a lot of money and, 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 and have a riotous lifestyle. There's someone that, I mean, is a billionaire. He was, well, he's back as being a billionaire there now. But he, when he was a billionaire, it was the way he managed his money poorly. He ignored all these principles. And he says he was walking home one day with his suit and tie, pristine suit and tie. And he was in debt of over a million dollars. And the guy on the road begging him for money, for maybe change. And he looked at the guy. <laughs> He's in suit and tie. He said, but you are richer than me. <laughs> He's thinking, but you are richer than me. You know? Why? Because you can see his suit and tie on the outside, but it's a negative of over a million dollars. And the other guy, even though he's in zero, he that is down, he's fed off. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 6, 6 to 8, says to us, take a lesson from the hand, from the ant, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and be wise. Now, if you look at the scripture, you think God is only talking about walking. What says lazy bone? Read on. It says, though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them walk, they labor all summer doing what? Gathering food for winter. They are saving. Inability to save is laziness. It's financial and mental laziness. God wants us to be able to, to save. In fact, there's um, some guy called Clement Stone. I mean, I've, I've, I've given this quote before, and that quote just shocked me. In fact, that, this quote I'm about to give you, I don't know if this guy is a believer, but this quote delivered me <laughs> from mediocrity. It says, if you are unable to retain money, the seeds of greatness are not in you. I was like, ouch. Greater is he, that is in me, that is in the world. This guy is not, not even be saved. But it's the truth. 
He says, if you are unable to retain money, the seeds of grace. But I know the seeds of grace that are in me. So engage it, deploy it, and retain it. The scripture says, a strong man retains wealth. Save more. So to step up financially, you need to earn some, you need to spend less, you need to save more. And number four, spend more, earn some, spend less, save more. Number four, no loss. No loss. No loss. No loss. You need to have this mindset, this mentality. I don't lose money. I mean, that is that's my mentality. I don't lose money. I'm not saying I've never lost money. I'm not saying it's impossible for me to lose money. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, I have this mentality. I don't lose money. And when you have that mentality, you begin to see many things. How your money is, is just disappearing. I don't lose money. I don't. I fight everything that wants to take for, for me. You would say that, you know, is that possible? I think it is. I think it's possible to reduce your, your, your leakages to the barest minimum, if not to zero. I don't lose money. There are three ways of losing money. Three sure ways of losing money. There may be more, but there are three sure ways of losing money. Number one, sure banker, way of losing money. Don't tithe. <laughs> if you want to lose money, <laughs> don't tithe. You know? Sometimes folks don't even see the connection. That there's a direct connection between these things. I don't lose money. I hate devourers. Again, am I saying I don't? Is it impossible? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that one of the surest ways of losing money is not to tithe. One of the surest ways. I remember back in the day, my wife um, came back from a prayer meeting, women's prayer meeting. Years ago, we were not even pastoring then. And she, and she, and she said to me, Oh, she has a revelation from the prayer meeting. You know? <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's go. And she says that, you know, back where we used to stay, I mean, we're, we're cohabitants with rats and cockroaches. Do you understand? We were sharing the same apartment and we just respected each other. I, I mean, <laughs> you know? So she came back from her prayer meeting and she said, rats are devourers. Cockroaches are divorced. <laughs> I was like, really? I said, yes. She says, you must show me the Bible. Because says, I will rebuke the divorce for your sake. Well, I said, maybe it's not that kind of <laughs> divorce. You know, she was like, you know, she grew up in a home that didn't have cockroaches and rats. You know, so she, she's not used to waking up and seeing Johnny running up and down. <laughs> So she says, they are devourers. Now at that point, I saw her faith. I saw that she really believed it. So she says, we should pray. I told her, I don't want to 
pray because I don't believe it. <laughs> so that I don't hinder your, your faith. I said, but, but go for it. I mean, just go for it. And she stood and she says, because she's tight, every rat in this house must die. Every cockroach in this house must die. Now, I'm not saying you should try it. If you, <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you don't come to a personal revelation of these things, but I kid you not. I kid you not. The rats were dying. Even till today. Last week, I still saw a dead cockroach on my staircase. I, I didn't flit. I didn't fumigate. But once they enter my house, they die. I know some of you don't believe it. I know, I'm going to take a picture and send it to you. You know? <laughs> Here's another, here's another victim. <laughs> Just last week, I was going up the stairs. I saw a dead cockroach. I remember, I remember that. What have you? Do cockroaches just turn on their belly and die? They don't now. Why? Somebody says, I will not lose. I mean, if you see her, you just ask her how she does it. I don't know. But the cockroaches are dying. <laughs> One way, losing money, don't tight. Second way, losing money, get robbed. It's possible to be tightened and people are stealing from you. I mean, it's just annoying. So you have to be brutal against it. Personally, listen, I have one principle. Everybody that works with me knows this. I mean, and everybody that has any form of relationship knows this. I cannot stand people that lie. I can fire somebody for lying. Why? Why? Because the person that lies can steal. That's what my grandmother used to tell me. The person that lies can steal. And since I don't lose money, are you, are you connecting it together? So, if you're a liar, you cannot, be, you cannot be close to where my money is. You have to be far away. Praise the name of the Lord. The third sure way of, of losing money is, is being reckless. Don't keep a budget. Just spend as you come. Pay as you go. You know. We enjoy today. I don't care about tomorrow. Just, just that is the, one of the fastest ways to poverty. The Bible says that he that likes life that likes enjoyment, we get poor very quickly. In the Bible, just want to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. So you have to plug the holes financially. You have to plug the holes. When you say, I don't lose money, you will begin to see things around you. Around you. For instance, did you know that if you keep your tire, your, the tire of your car, at the right pressure you save money if the, if, the, if, the, if the pressure of your tires are the right gauge you will be spending more on petrol you can save as much as between 50,000 to 100,000 a year on petrol now 
what would you, let's say Christmas comes and, and, you, and you come to church and you meet Charles and Charles gives you 100,000 naira as a gift. Would, that meet, would you be happy? You'd be very happy, wouldn't you? But you can as well give yourself that gift by checking your tires. Now, that's just one thing. I know some of you are like, oh, pastor, how can we be checking our tires? You have to. When was the last time you checked? Plug it. Plug it. Common sense strategies. I, I would say, I'm sharing these things with you, I mean, from my life. In a month, create a no spending week. Ah, yeah. There are weeks in, in a month, every month, not every month, every time, rigidly like that. But this week, I'm not spending any money. So you know what, that will force you to plan, right? That will force you to, to make sure that there's petrol, there's this, there's that, there's food, right? Force to plan. But this week, there are weeks I go, I don't spend a cobble. Some of you could believe that. <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> yes, it is. My family runs on a budget. Everybody's happy. This week I'm not spending a cover. And I will stay and I won't spend a cover. Guess what? In that week of not spending a cover, I am seeing things financially. Do you, do you understand? Everyone say no loss. So to step up financially, earn some, spend less, save more, no loss. Number five, invest more. Invest more. It's common knowledge that inflation beats um, savings, interest on savings in most countries. So, I mean, if all you are doing is saving, you are losing money. I mean, obviously. If inflation beats savings, then, then, um, then you're losing money. So, why you should save? Invest more. While saving keeps your money, investment multiplies it. It grows it. It grows it. That's one area we need to learn. I mean, I know I need to learn more. We need to learn how to invest, where to invest. You know, interestingly, there's a, there's a seminar in, Investing in solid minerals here on Monday. If you're interested in invest in diversifying, maybe you want to attend. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because we say that we don't lose money. Investment involves risk. That's just how it is. That's the nature of investment. When you invest, you stand the chance of Multiplying and growing your money or losing your money. Losing your money. But God still wants us to invest. God wants us to multiply. How do I know? Matthew 5, 14 to 30. The parable of the talent. <clears throat> the story there, that those talents are silver. They are, they, it, 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 is, it is money, if you will. That Jesus gave the example of. 
He gave them, God gave them money. And the one that God had a problem with was the one that went to bury his money. Why did he bury his money? He doesn't want to lose the money. He says, I don't lose money, so I'm going to bury it. And God says, you are wicked. God says, I expect you to trade. I must say trade. I expect you to do business with it. I expect you to invest it. However, just like any other financial decisions, you first should pray and ask God how much he wants you to invest and where he wants you to invest. It's key. It's key. You see, and sometimes, what, 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 I, what I like to say to people, I mean, obviously, this is also wisdom that has been learned from, from years of other people investing and their experiences that, you know, don't move away, when it comes to investment, move away from, from putting your money in a black box and expecting jackpots at the, at, at, at the end. Move away from, from putting your money in, in a black, what am I, my black box? So people say, oh, there's this business. Oh, just give me 40,000 and I'll be giving you 20,000 every month for 10 months. So that is what? 200,000, you know. I'm like, you have no clue what they are doing. You, have, you just want to, ah, that, that person did it. Can't you see? That other person did it. So they give you live testimonies. And people, you know, because we like to reap where we have no. So we would just plug their money and all sorts of schemes and, and Ponzi schemes about all sorts of things that are going down. Move away from things that don't make sense. Move away from things. In fact, I, the, the way I see it is that I think that why don't you trust God to create stuff through you? Why don't you why, why can't you be the, why can't you create things that are worthy of investment? Why can't you be the one solving the problem and creating things that are worthy of investment? Why do you want to put your money somewhere and go and hide like a ostrich and hope that it will, you know? Oh, I put my money here, I put a manager in the business. And at the end of the day, the manager will make returns for me because the manager has come to sell pure water in Lagos. Or he has come to count bridge. You know, people just don't get it. The average person is dishonest. Face it, that's the reality. The average person is dishonest. So, so you give the person money, oh, let him manage the business. Meanwhile, you have no clue then he will be making returns. Okay. After he has built three houses, he will make returns. Praise the name of the Lord. Sam Wilkin, some guy, is an author. He says that every billion dollar is an economic puzzle waiting to be solved. Every billion dollar is an economic puzzle waiting to be solved. Why can't God solve it through you? And he will solve it through you in Jesus' name. 
believe God. The first thing is that you must believe that it's possible. You must believe that it is possible. So, stepping up financially, number one, we need to earn more. Number two, we need to earn some, spend less, save more, no loss, invest more. Number six, give more. Because it's a spiritual principle. Giving, it's, 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 I don't, I can't, I really don't understand how it works, but it always works. Always works. Give to others. Help people. Give to God's work. Give to God's kingdom. Personally, every time God wants to take me to a higher level financially, you know what he does? Every time, he challenges me to give. Every time. Every time. And I, and I can tell you, there will be no time that he hasn't taken me higher. No time. But every time, it's always preceded with a season of giving or a stretching in giving. We mentioned um, tithing, for instance. God says, give 10% to me. Give it. Now, someone says, why did God ask for 10%? Pastor, why did he ask for 10%? I don't know. But I'm kind of glad he didn't ask for 90%. (laughs) Because, excuse me, if he has asked for 90%, what would you do? Really? You you will petition? You will rebel? Some people are rebelling on 10 anyway. So you just join them. I'll be dealing with the divorce. I don't know. But you could have said 50. You could have said 90. You see, you know, the unfortunate thing is this. People think of tithing from the point, from the devourer point. Now, listen. I don't, I, I, personally, I don't think of tithing from that point of view. And I don't want you to. People think of tithing from the devourer point. I think of tithing from the open heavens point. Two big differences. I think of tithing. He says, then I will open the windows of heaven and pour you that blessing that, that there will not be enough room to, to receive. Step up. Give more. Give more. You know, you guys must have heard about the governors of wealth, right? Governors of wealth is a group of people that are giving more than 10%, are committed to giving more than 10%. And when we started giving, you know, my wife and I, we, you know, we started together, we started giving, we're giving 20%, you know, we're giving together 20%. And I think I increased it maybe to 25%, you know, and, and my wife was like, <laughs> you know what? You know, can I stay in my 20% <laughs> while you... And so, of course, according to your faith. So, I have, I have the financial, by God's grace, the financial responsibility of my family. So, 
I must, I have to, <laughs> I have to walk that principle. Do you understand? So, by God's grace, I increase it to 30%. I said, are you coming? He says, later, you know, I'm still cool here, you know. By God's grace, I don't, I don't give 30% anymore. It's higher than 30%. I won't tell you what it is. I'm trusting God that one day I'll be giving 90%. And, I'll be, and 10% will be more than enough. Believe me, it's going to happen. <sighs> and it's not original. I mean, I don't think that, uh, that, that's so smart of you, Pastor. No, it's not original. There's someone, people have done it before. Heinz, uh, you know Heinz? You eat the baked beans. Heinz baked beans, Heinz ketchup, Heinz this, Heinz that. The guy turned tightening upside down, did reverse tightening. He tights 90%. Today, I mean, do you know how much his, his children, his grandchildren are earning from royalties from all those businesses? Because one person. Many times, we don't see the impact of our giving. Many times we don't know how far our giving will go. We have no clue. So when it comes to giving and God, obviously God doesn't need your money. Obviously, I mean, that's pretty obvious to us, isn't it? So, so why does he want us to, to give? Because he needs what it represents. God needs what your money represents. What does your money represent? Your heart. Your money represents your life. You, you exchange your life for your money. You, let's say people that work from 8 in the morning to 6 p.m. And everything revolves around work. They, are, they have to sleep so that they can be strong for work. They have to eat. They have to dress up. Their wardrobe is because of their work. Everything is because of their work. And what do they get in exchange for that? Money. So God says that I want that. Not the money. I want your life, but where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's why God is interested in money. He wants us to show gratitude. He wants me to show gratitude for helping me earn it. He wants me to show that it's priority. And he wants me to demonstrate faith that I believe that he will keep his promise. So to step up Financially, you need to earn some, spend less, save more, no loss, invest more, give more, and finally, fate it. For you to step up financially, you have to fate it. Not fake it. <laughs> Don't fake it. Fate it. Faith is giving what you don't have. That is faith. When Jesus sat by the offering, you know the story of the widow's might. The story of the widow's might is not a parable. It actually happened. Jesus, it, Jesus actually sat down, was looking at how much people were giving. And he saw a widow that gave her might, her all. And Jesus said, this widow had given more than all these people. And 
disciples were like, how? And Jesus was saying, she gave from her lack. She gave from nothing. She gave out of faith. But they gave out of convenience. So it's not, it's not the amount you give. It is the amount that is left. After you have given. The Macedonian church is, is also a, a classic example. You know, Paul was, was writing to the Corinthians and he was referring to the Macedonian church in, in 2 Corinthians 8.3. 2 Corinthians 8.3 says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. Wow. How do you give beyond their, your ability? Entirely on their own. Another translation says, of their own volition. Nobody forced them. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service of, of the Lord. They, they saw it as a privilege. They, they, they begged Paul, let us give. And, and they gave out of nothing. You see, you have to make your faith in God and God's provision bigger than your wealth. You have to make your trust in God bigger than, than your savings account. You have to make your trust in God bigger than your finances. You know, we all know this song. My God shall supply all my needs. We like to sing it. According to his riches in glory, he'll give his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. We like to say, Jehovah Jireh, my provider is my provider and he is and he will provide the Lord will provide but if you know the story that led to Jehovah Jireh is amazing the story of, of, of Abraham God has said to him I'm going to give you a son It took a while. Sometimes when God gives you a word, sometimes it takes a while. That's just how it is. That's how God is. You can't microwave God. And God eventually brings the word to pass. He gave him a son. And God said, in Isaac shall your seed be. In other words, through Isaac, I'm, I'm going to make you a father of many nations, right? Then God now said, this same Isaac, crucify him. I want sacrifice, give him to me. How, how easy was that? 
And Isaac was following his father, Abraham, and they were going. And, and he got to the point of, we were getting close to the point of sacrifice. Isaac, Abraham was a good guy. You know, God says, I know him, he will command his children after me. Abraham always taught his family about the things of God. He had told Isaac about the place of the altar. There's the foil, the wood, there's the knife, there's the, always the sacrifice. And there's an elevated place called the altar. And, and, and Isaac's, Isaac, um, Isaac said, was a young, sharp young boy, says, Dad, I can see the wood, I can see the fire, I can see the knife. Where is the sacrifice? How do you tell your son? What Abraham said, that profound statement, the Lord will provide a sacrifice for himself. Jehovah Jireh. That is where Jehovah Jireh came from. And, and Abraham put Isaac on the altar. And God says, now I know you love me. And we read in Hebrews, in Hebrews 11 from verse 17, it says it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Everything is a test. God wants to release something to you. But God is saying, before I release this thing to you, let me test this girl. Let me test this boy. If he can release this small thing in his hands to me. God says, boy, I want to release this big stuff to you. But let me test him. If he can release this small thing. Oh yeah, yeah, give me this, my boy. Charles, give me this. I just say, ah, ah, God, ah, ah, ah. You know now, ah, I can't do that. And God, oh, no, Charles will do that. Charles will say, oh, God, here it is. And God will say, now I know you are ready for that breakthrough. That's how it works. Since he was testing Abraham, who received God's promise and was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham received the son back from the dead. For us to step up financially, we have to earn some, spend less, save more, no loss. Invest more, give more, and faith it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. I see God lifting your head up financially in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to pray with you if you are here, you're like, you know that God is asking for you, for your life. You are the Isaac. God wants to put you on the altar. God wants to receive you into his kingdom. You're like, pastor, pray with me. I need to accept Jesus. I need to come and give my life to Jesus. I used to be born again and backsliding. Can you pray that I want to come back wherever you're seated? You don't need to come forward. Wherever you're seated, I want to pray with you. Put up your hand now over your head. That is me, pastor. Pastor. Pray with me. Put it up now. 
I will pray together. So I put up your hand proper, your hand well, over your head, not on your head, over. Now slip it up. I will pray together. Distractions are scrolling for those of us that are online. We want to make this decision. The rest of us, I want us to talk to God. I don't know what we have heard in this. I don't know what God has highlighted. Maybe it's, it is it is the fact that you need to earn some or you need to spend less. You are spending too much. Or maybe you need to save more. Maybe you need to avoid loss. No loss. Maybe you need to invest more. Maybe you need to shoot down the people around you that are trying to rob you or steal your money or lie to you. Maybe you need to, to give more. Maybe you need to face it. Maybe you need to step out in faith. Father, it's all about you. Our lives are all about you, Lord. You want us to step up financially so that we can be useful for you and useful to mankind. Lord, we pray that you empower everybody in this place, everyone online, to step up financially, Lord. In all these areas, Lord, that we will not be lacking in any. And your name will be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying.